This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Tanya Sharma, Product Marketing and Strategy at Babel. Tanya, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here and talk to you about product marketing and user acquisition today. Think about any app users and their relationships with the app. Naturally, some of them find the app extremely useful and use it enthusiastically. Some of them on a regular basis, but they don't really engage with it. And some rarely use it, if ever. This spectrum represents a human's emotional attachment to an app. And as always, when human emotions are involved, and when they're strong, people feel connected. In this case, connected with an app. These people are app's core users. So question is, how do we grow an app's core user base? Danny is here to answer it for you. But before doing that, Tanya, please tell us about yourself. What is your path in app marketing? So this is quite a bit of a connecting the dots journey for me. I uh, started my working life as a consultant, observing uh, how businesses acquire users in different forms and shapes and consulting them as an external, giving them the right path to user acquisition. I thought that wasn't challenging enough for me and I wanted to get right into the business and do it myself. So I joined Babbel in 2018 as a marketing strategist where I started looking at the subscription business, assessing different markets in which the product exists, understanding the user acquisition costs, the revenue numbers, and the entire funnel. And all you marketers out there, you know, all these things from top to bottom. But this was sort of my intro lesson. Um, What got me really excited to move into product marketing and especially user acquisition was the idea of being in the intersection of being creative, having insights, analytics, and the business knowledge needed to actually bring the kind of users that use your product. So if you may call me a product manager, but for marketing channels, that's where sort of my space lies. And it's more or less balancing the different channels needed to acquire different types of users to use your product. Got it. Okay, for the sake of people who may not know what Babel is, even though I find your ads, guys, everywhere, you know, one of my favorite podcasts uh, even has the Babel ad, and I was really surprised to hear it on Pivot Podcast with Kara Swisher, Scott Galloway. So it's all over the place. It's well known, but probably some people may not know what you guys do. So what is it? A quick pitch, Babel is a digital language learning product. The product is designed and built by experts to get you conversational. So these experts have built a seamless way to train you into a new language from your native language. To give you an example, it's different. The path to learn Spanish for a native Italian speaker is different Mm -hmm. from the path to learn Italian for a native English speaker. 
So the team of experts considers these variations and builds a system where you will use a digital product to learn how to speak a new language. So seven plus billion people are the customers, right? Or at least you're working on it. We've crossed over 10 million uh, subscriptions. And yes, we're excited to have a strong enough user base to be proud of what we're doing. All right, great. Okay, getting to the topic. In my book, to be good in a particular area, you need to be able to take a holistic view, kind of a step back and define some of our arching guiding principles to follow. Can you think some of uh, those principles for growth marketing? What would you tell a newbie app marketer on the first lecture if it happens to be her and his teacher? Maybe I have a, diff, a unique way of looking at marketing. So I, I would say the lean startup method, build, measure, learn, would be my my top tip for growth marketers. Meaning, think of step build as who are you building for? Why are you building this product? Why are you building this communication? Why are you building this feature? This ad, uh, and really try to answer the question, why? The second step would be measure. And measure is important because no growth marketeer can exist without knowing success metrics, without understanding the numbers behind what they're doing, Uh, figuring out what those metrics are, what moves them, what connects them uh, is super important. And learn, this is sort of like my favorite step. And a lot of people miss this step when they're thinking about marketing, they jump from one campaign to another, you really need to close the loop. You need to see what you learned from your previous test, how you can build your next test to be an improvement of what you've done before. And really, if you don't close the loop, everything that you've done in the past doesn't matter. So if you were to think in big bets, in hypotheses, think in a form where you really, really know why you're doing it, what you're measuring, and whatever you learn, apply it in your next test. Yeah, so that would be my top tip. Got it. All right. When you think about app user acquisition, certainly two big ways kind of are popping up, native and paid. I think many newbie app marketers perceive app marketing as simply running paid ads on Facebook and Google. If I remember correctly, the stats, like 90% of people using Facebook and Google uh, as a channel to advertise their apps. And I'm afraid that many like the holistic view on this process, meaning the goal should be to build a sustainable scheme to power UI, not just um, you know relying on throwing more and more money from the funding, which may not be reliable. It's, it has to be the machine that works on a different principle. What about the standard paid marketing user acquisition? Tell us about this model. Yeah. So the way we look at user acquisition in Babel, I'll take you through just like some differences between channel strategy and user acquisition strategy, right? So most people who look at paid ads or user acquisition, think of it as different channels where you input some money, look at those metrics and produce uh, new downloads, new revenue, new users. We we look at user acquisition in the form of different steps. So we say, step one, awareness. How do people find out about our product? 
And the key metrics that we use for awareness are different. So these channels rank are more, more or less organic channels, app store optimization, content marketing. And these channels, the goal for these channels is just to build awareness of the brand. Step two, obviously, is conversion and direct response. Facebook, Google, Apple search ads, all these sort of trigger ads where you Mm -hmm. get users to click and get downloads is something that falls in conversion and direct response. And the third part, obviously, which is the retention part, and a lot of businesses that are in early stages don't think of this, is the product-led growth part. And I know you have a question for me, maybe, because this is my domain, but, you know, like product-led growth part is sort of the area where you start thinking about the quality of users that you're acquiring, not the price that you pay to acquire them. Yeah, actually, that's that's the plan, because I know that, Babel is kind of a product that really a good fit for applying a different approach to user acquisition because it's kind of a natural that you may not rely, you know, just uh, marketing budget money in the center of your user acquisition theme. You have you actually can put the product user into the center of this uh, uh, scheme and uh, be efficient. So if app has a certain number of loyal users, right, the number of grows, uh, how can you actually leverage it for the user acquisition campaign for the app? Yeah, I mean, loyal users should be a marketer's best friends. And, you know, most of the times marketers think that it's the product or engineering team that cares about the quality of users that are entering your product. And your goal is just to get people till the door, get them to download the app and then build the next campaign. But what makes um, these loyal users so special is that they're almost, they're advocates of your product. They go out there, talk about your product and bring you free new users. So if you, if you stop paying attention to where, what exactly are they doing in the product? What makes them talk about your product? What brings them um, to bring new users into the product? Uh, you're missing onto a huge opportunity and this huge opportunity for us is almost like four times higher conversion rate so if you're looking at average conversion rates for your facebook campaigns which might be i don't know seven percent eight percent we're talking about 40 percent conversion rate uh with (laughs) with your product-led growth or you know more product-driven user acquisition so yeah i mean Watch out what they're doing, watch out why they're doing what they're doing, and build your messaging around it. Yeah, I think, you know what, I think there's a problem that when you're selling some tangible physical products, like, I don't know, clothing, uh, t-shirts, I don't know, jeans, anything, you have a chance to meet these people in person, you... It's easier for you to keep in a mental frame that this is the real people, I can talk to them, I can feel... They can get their emotions and reaction with a digital product, which is an app. It's way harder to keep in mind that you're not gaining just numbers, not gaining a number on your you know, balance sheet or your, um, you know, <laughs> the sheet of your uh, clients just to, as a number. These are real people. And uh, if you can build a connection with these people and understand the reasons why they're using your app what is in your app for them that makes it so efficient and makes them use your app enthusiastically. You can use these uh, 
as, as an advantage for your user acquisition campaign. Let's talk about one concept, which is really um, close to this um, topic, which is referrals. Years, uh, I don't remember what was the year when Dropbox was using it, but Dropbox was the, I guess, the major, big, widely, hugely popular uh, app, which was using the uh, referrals as the concept to build user base. They were offering some disk space if you're bringing more people. I think they, they deprecated this practice a few years ago because there was no need so many users already. But at the beginning, it was the main engine to bring more and more people in. How does the referral concept work now? Is it any different? That's a very good question. And Dropbox indeed is uh, one of the oldest, most popular businesses that used it in a very good way. ClassPass, I know, is uh, another product that uses referrals as a way to acquire new users in a in a seamlessly beautiful way because workouts require you to have an accountability partner and uh, you're more likely to enjoy a workout if you take a buddy with you. So what I'm getting at is that referrals obviously are not a new concept, but the logic and the understanding of why a user would recommend your product. So how do they experience the core value proposition of your product? And what incentivizes them to bring a new user into the product is super important when you think of uh, the whole dynamics. So in case of Babel, we run the referral program with a financial incentive. So, well, you can call it financial, but uh, I'll, I'll explain this to you. An existing Babel user, we refer to them as an advocate of Babel, sends a URL, so a part of their product or a recommendation is in the form of a URL and gives their friend a free month, three free months. So has there's an incentive linked to why I'm inviting you. It's just, and it screams, hey, I'm not just referring you for a product to make this $10 or get my next free month of Babel. I'm giving you a chance to experience this product that I love. So here is me giving you an incentive to join this paid product for free for a while, while I get an incentive in return to invite you. So we built it in a way where there's a fi- there's a financial motivation for an advocate, but there's also a financial incentive for a friend to be a part of this equation. And I mean, it just costs us like one month of subscription price, right? So uh, what is that, $15? And having to spend literally four times the amount of money in a paid campaign to acquire a user that may not use your product is totally not worth it if you see referrals with a user acquisition cost of $10, $15 and a quality user that signs up instantly. So it's the sweet spot between, I don't want to say free new users, but like really good quality new users acquired at almost no price. This is basically magic. (laughs) It is kind of a magic because for me, it solves the major problem. How do you find people who are really native fit for a product? Whatever tool you're using, I don't know, let's let's take Facebook ads. It have no clue about what people really want. Yeah, even though they're trying to gather as much information about all of us and there is a certain level of efficiency that is you know, ascribed to getting a lot of data points about us. But 
still two friends knowing each other psychologically, their interests, well, what works for them are in a way better position to advocate, to suggest something that will be beneficial. And you're just using this natural, absolutely great way of sharing any information, in this case, your, your product, as the vehicle to drive uh, more users for the app, right? Exactly. And you can think of, I mean, this is not just sending an incentivized referral. You can take the same concept and apply the principles of product-led growth into free products where you say, if you have a free part of your app, how do you get people to make that viral? What part of this free app has shareable content? What part of it has personal brags? What part of it is social and engaging that people would actually talk about it in the outside world and build that system where your users talk about your product in the outside world and they do the filtering for you. They turn into the Facebook algorithm where they know who is this right audience, who's looking for this product, and how likely are they to subscribe to this product. And basically, Dropbox did the same, right? They gave this incentive of you get this free disk space. And I, as a user of Dropbox, care about this free disk space. So I'm going to do anything, go out of my way to find other people who might care about this free disk space and invite them to use this product. So it's a win-win situation. And you have to do nothing as Dropbox. Well, not nothing. You have to build the mechanics, but... <laughs> but Close um, to nothing, right? <laughs> close to nothing. Okay. Uh, now, finally, let's give our listeners some takeaways. Specifically, how marketers can leverage the app's core users to expand the user base. What should be the major takeaway for people? So I guess this is summarizing everything that we said from the very beginning. And I think leveraging your core user base involves understanding who these users are. What do they do inside your their product? Um, your product? And this would mean uh, if you have any tracking tools uh, that measure activity w- within your product, try to see what is the repetitive behavior? What are your core active users doing? on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And to give you an example, uh, we look at all our new users in the form of every new user that enters into our product does one lesson of, let's say, Spanish. So this moment, the moment that they've done their first lesson is a moment of success. They experience this joy. Wow, this product works for me. And it's this high moment where you're leveraging on this emotional feeling of joy and giving them a mini incentive. You say, we show them a screen which says, hey, by the way, if you enjoy learning with Babel, please share this invite link with a friend and you'll get your next free month on us. And they get a free month on us too. So you're playing with some form of emotional joys and giving them the idea of what they can do to experience more of Babel, more of these highs. So yeah, like step one, know what these users are. Step two, figure out the emotions that they feel, figure out when they feel high. And the third part is obviously like close the loop, acknowledge, thank you for inviting your friend. Here's your reward. How about you get your friends to tell more friends and and really like leveraging your core audience to expand your user base is the fastest and the cheapest way to grow you grow and scale your product 
All right. And uh, now I have a few questions that are not related to this specific topic of our conversation, but just to draw a better picture of who you are for the audience. So question number one, are you iOS or Android person? iOS, all the way. And oh. I don't know if you want to know why, but as a marketer as well, I mean, I prefer if you're marketing a paid product, um, iOS users are sort of easier to convince for a paid app because they perceive your product to be more premium uh, if it's a paid product. And yeah, well, it's a little bit of a black box when it comes to figuring out the analytics, but I assure you the users are premium. Yeah, that's right. iOS got premium, Android got scale. What about your first mobile phone, if you can remember, what was the model? I think it was a Sony Ericsson Walkman phone you know those orange and mm. white yeah. things which... <laughs> yeah it kind of rings the bell in my memory because you know usually people brings up sony sorry uh nokia 30 32 10 or something but i do remember the one you're, you're you're mentioning what is your favorite mobile app right now oh mine is captain cook I don't know if you know about this. It's a German recipe app. Well, it's also offered in English, but the interesting part is that you only get to see three recipes per day. And if you don't go on the app, you lose those three recipes. But it's a nice way to get inspiration. I mean, we've been at home for too long this year, last year. So it's a nice way to get recommendations on upping your food skills, cooking skills. You can meal plan. I mean, it's a perfect balance between building an engaging product and not cluttering it with too many recommendations. So I really like how clean, intuitive, and easy it is. When you're looking at your iPhone, what do you think this should be improved in this thing in terms of software and hardware to make it more useful for you? What that would be? Hmm, trick question. So the iPhone, you you got me stumped on that, actually. I, I recently bought an iPad Air and I wish mm -hmm. my iPhone could do some of the things that my iPad can do. And some of them are like just gesture controls, you know, where you're sort of using pinching, zooming, shaking the iPad and like things happen. I think that's pretty good. Multitasking, sometimes it's just kind of like annoying where notifications from some apps are coming in and you can't see your email and your Zoom call together. Mm -hmm. I mean, a phone is, I use it just to like answer calls, WhatsApp, and I don't really need a smartphone for that. I know <laughs> I could go back to using my Sony Ericsson Walkman phone. But and the better it will be I, much I, better. I know. And I, I'm so annoyed by all these uh, recommended sponsored ads that we're creating as well as marketers, but like almost want the relevance to stop <laughs> and relevance from a human perspective to increase, you know, like we need to slow down on the app technologies. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> absolutely. Got it. Me too, by the way. I'm, I'm on iPad Pro as my major mobile device, apart from the iMac sitting on a desktop, whenever I'm traveled and I'm not at home, iPad Pro is the working machine. All right, that was actually my last question, but before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and know more about what you do? Mm, I think the best way would be to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, pretty open to new invites and I'm very happy to like share challenges, new ideas and talk, get to know more 
product people, marketing people, just growth people, because we're we're all out there looking for new ideas. So very happy to connect via LinkedIn. Terrific. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Tanya. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. And that was Tanya Sharma, Product Marketing and Strategy at Babbel. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.